0: Hello and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada.
1: Friends, it may come as a surprise to find out that some well-known people were once homeless.
0: Yes, if you do an online search of famous people who were once homeless, you will read about legendary actors, directors, CEOs, entrepreneurs, and even world leaders. And after seeing these stories, I wonder to myself, Why do some people remain homeless while others are able to get off the streets?
1: Studies show that most homeless people suffer with severe addictions, but these are only the symptoms and not the root cause of homelessness.
0: In a vast majority of the hundreds of homeless people interviewed, the root cause of homelessness was the collapse of close connections.
1: People are dependent on connections with other people. Remove relationships from the equation and everything disappears. Surprisingly, Jesus once said of himself, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no way to lay his head. Though animals and birds have a place to call home, Jesus found himself homeless.
0: Yeah, Jesus understood the plight of the homeless firsthand. And although he was despised and rejected by men, he had an abiding connection with his Heavenly Father that gave him a dignity as well as a deep compassion for those in need.
1: Today on It Is Written Canada, you will meet Amber Andrews, who found herself living on our cold Canadian city streets after facing the collapse of one vital connection after another, one traumatic experience after another. Yet through it all, Amber knew that God was taking care of her.
0: Welcome again to It Is Written Canada. Today, we are here on location in Lacombe, Alberta at Spider Controls, the workplace of Amber Andrews, who will share with you her story, how after facing the collapse of one vital connection after another, one traumatic experience after another, she ended up living on our cold Canadian city streets.
1: Amber, thank you so much for joining us on It Is Written Canada.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: So Amber, take us back to your beginnings.
2: Well, my parents met in Victoria. They got married and had a little boy. Um, then they moved to Kelowna, uh, bought a little house and had me. So you were born in Kelowna then? Yes. And what was the dynamics like in the home? Uh, good for a little while, but my dad uh, did start drinking a bit. Um, it did become a problem. and. My mom, uh, when I was four months old, she had had enough, and she asked him to leave. Um, well, my dad moved out, and he eventually remarried and had his, had another family, a son and a daughter. And my mom also would eventually remarry. Uh, she met an Adventist man, and um, they ended up moving to a farm in Saskatchewan. And he was married and had five children from his previous marriage.
0: So what was like that for you moving from Kelowna to Saskatchewan? Did you like that?
2: I loved it. I was a tomboy, uh, I had a horse, I had a 4-H cow, I had all the dogs and cats a girl could want.
1: So you were happy there but you're, in the
2: meantime your dad was staying in Kelowna so you would obviously go and visit him. Yeah each, each summer we would go spend time with our dad and He missed us a lot and so every summer he would ask if we wanted to move back and eventually my brother decided that he wanted to move to the big city and so he moved and then one year after that uh, i moved so i was 13 at that age
1: can you um, tell us what it was like growing up as a teenager with your dad
2: Uh, it was it was challenging i had come from uh, an adventist home Um, god was um, something we talked about every day. We did lots of praying, we went to church and then I moved to a, a non-christian home and eventually would go to a public school and it, it was challenging. Um, my dad had a new family now and I kind of felt like, a, like an outcast. His alcohol was still a problem at that time and it was starting to wear on his current marriage. Um, I, Found a group of friends and started rebelling quite quickly. Uh, had a girlfriend that stole a pack of cigarettes from her mother and we all tried smoking cigarettes. I was 13 when we started and then um, eventually would try marijuana and eventually cocaine.
0: You're now escalating to cocaine. whoa well, what was causing you to do all of these things, do you think? Looking back on it,
2: I think when you when you sever the tie of a of a family, uh, you break those bonds, and and when your parents remarry and they have new families, and you you do feel like you're left behind, and immediately I started to feel like the black sheep of the family, and then your dad um, kicked you out at age 16. He did, yeah. I. Um, wandered down Springfield Road with my suitcases and ended up at a friend's house. Uh, He was living with his parents and they were gracious enough to to let me stay with them.
0: So Amber, now your dad kicks you out of the house. You were addicted to cocaine and you were struggling with things at that stage. Could it ever get any worse?
2: Yes, it did. Um, I ended up going out one night partying with my friends, had too much to drink. Ended up being raped by an older man. Um, That was my virginity.
0: And horrible situation. Um, And then you were struggling with opioids as well at that stage.
2: Yes, we had uh, done some work for a man clipping marijuana and uh, you were hunched over for hours and he had given us some pills to try to relieve the pain. And uh, me and another young lady really liked them and it, We got addicted very quickly to them. And I also got in a couple car accidents. Uh, Then I was prescribed more medication and definitely started abusing the medication more and more.
0: Was there any bright light that uh, helped to give you some hope?
2: Absolutely. When I met my husband, uh, I was 20 years old. It was a happy time. Uh, We fell in love. We got married when I was 25. It started good, but uh, he, he did drink. Uh, his alcohol definitely became a problem in our relationship. I became very depressed. I actually had two suicide attempts. Uh, one of them, I ended up slitting my wrists. I got 13 stitches in one wrist and 11 in the other wrist. I tried gassing myself in the car. Uh, that also didn't work. Uh, I do believe God wanted me here, kept me here had another purpose for me. You are right at the bottom, like you've hit rock bottom. How did you get out of there, Amber? It was time to go home to mom and dad. (laughs) So I went to Saskatchewan. I quit smoking cigarettes at that time. I got cleaned up off of the pills. I actually ended up getting my tubes tied at that time. I uh, got titanium alloy coils put in. Um, I knew that I was was always probably going to be unfit to be a parent uh, and would struggle with that. Um, I started going to church with my folks and actually ended up getting baptized.
0: And that is a time of joy. I mean, you know, it's just, that's, that's the high time for you. Before you are baptized, was there, was there anything going on inside? Um, anything going on outside that is just like, <laughs> You just changed.
2: Absolutely, I had 13 piercings at that time and I knew I I didn't want to go underwater with those. So uh, as the day drew closer and closer, I took out more and more piercings until the night before I took out the very last piercing and never did put them back in.
1: Hi, I'm Darlene, this is Nora and we have been prayer partners for many years. And over the years we've said many prayers for Amber. I wanted God to do a miracle and I had heard stories about angels appearing to people in a dream and I would pray and pray, God please make an angel talk to Amber, please. I would believe that God's love reached way, way up into the sky and I would say you you love her so much more than me, you know? And, um, and sometimes I would practice it. I couldn't do it too well, but I'd say, okay, I'm not gonna worry about her today. She's your child. Okay, she's yours. I'm not gonna worry. Yeah, it wasn't just pray for Amber, it was pray for Nora too. So Amber, you're now staying with your mom in Saskatchewan and you've been baptized, you clean and you've given your heart to Jesus and so you decide to stay with your mom because there's stability and you know that your mom has been praying for you all along and she never stopped
2: praying for you. I wish I had stayed. Uh, I decided to move back to Lacombe ended up getting back together with my ex-husband. We wanted to try it one more time. And it was still very toxic. He was drinking and I quickly relapsed and started abusing pills again.
0: You were clean. You came to the Lord, you were baptized. Doesn't he just give you some kind of magic, um, you know, stability thing where you're never gonna fall ever again? But why did you go back to, to uh, your addictions?
2: The temptation is real, it's powerful, it's all-consuming. Once you feel the relief that it gives you, it's very hard to forget that. Mm-hmm. And it turns into your coping mechanism, your security blanket.
0: So get God gave you the ability to choose, and those temptations were there. Mm-hmm. They just kept mm-hmm. coming at you, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and so you fell again. How far did you fall?
2: Um, it was bad. It was really bad. Um, the marriage soon deteriorated. Um, and then I was on my own again. I did have uh, a dog with me, my dog Hunter, so he was a light unto my life at that time. And I ended up meeting a, a new man. We started dating and we soon moved in together. Even though life was better, I, I wasn't better. Officially got divorced, and uh, but my new relationship also had problems of its own, and and it soon ended as well. Um, I ended up on my own again, and I got my own place, and I was working um, two jobs at this time. Um, met a wonderful family, um, and started working with them and their uh, two autistic sons. Amber's
3: started working with my youngest son Daniel about 10 or 11 years ago both of my sons have a genetic disorder known as fragile X syndrome Amber is awesome with my sons I don't know I don't know another word that would describe it she's patient she's quiet um, she's tuned in that's When I first started to notice that uh, Amber was having problems was the lateness for work, which was just so against. And then I noticed um,
2: her obsessive compulsiveness.
0: So how bad did it get?
2: It got very bad. Um, I was at about 65 per cassette a day. I ended up going into detox twice. Um, I started drinking at this time. I was living in this great big house myself. I was working a lot. I was very lonely, very sad. And uh, I found Adderall. Quickly became addicted to that. I thought it was my answer to everything. I had a ton of energy. I could stay up for days and get everything done. Um, it was very expensive though, and I soon tried meth. So I'm about 36 years old, I'd never tried this, always stayed away from this drug. And um, it was cheap, it lasted a long time, and in the beginning I could get a lot of stuff done. I thought things were uh, going in a good direction because I was could be so productive in an average day, but. Uh, th- soon things started really slipping. For about three months I kept my job. Um, but then, I mean, you got a house full of people and you got a ton of drama. Um, my vehicle ended up getting stolen at this time, uh, a man did get shot in it. Uh, they recovered my vehicle and brought it back and I just remember cleaning all the blood off the ceiling and cleaning up all the glass. and. And it was traumatizing, and I actually started having nightmares. And I was actually having nightmares that I was running this person over and, and killing him because I never, I didn't know if he had survived because I didn't know what happened. So it was awful. And uh, I didn't have insurance on my vehicle because I'd lent my vehicle out uh, to my drug dealer. So
0: now you're you're trying to. Um stay alive <laughs> what, what were you doing to to keep things going
2: um, well I ended up getting on welfare so I went from making a $750 truck payment to living off of a $714 welfare check just just like that within one month I could hardly leave the house I was I was so filled with paranoia um, you would not sleep for days and uh, the drug psychosis would kick in I would do things like paint all the windows in the house so that nobody could, could uh, look in. Um, we ended up having the squad team come in, and uh, I got arrested naked. I had to get dressed by two officers, one of them holding his weapon on me. Um, they held their guns on my dogs, which was very traumatizing for me, and uh, I came home the next morning and my house was all ripped apart. My rent was behind, Uh, things were awful, the people were so dangerous that I was living with. I mean at one point in time we had three people in our house that were either had served time for murder or were being accused of murdering people. We were too behind on our rent. Um, I ended up getting on uh, medical EI because of the trauma and we ended up moving into another place and we found a roommate to help us out with our rent.
0: And did you end up staying there?
2: Uh, We were there for a couple months. Um, The roommate was very violent and there was a lot of drama there as well. We, We quickly became the drug house in the neighborhood. So I was told to leave this house. I now had a specific restraining order against the house. I wasn't allowed to come back. I wasn't allowed to be in contact with those people.
0: What did you do? in all this desperation?
2: Well, luckily before uh, this went down, I would prayed. I had just screamed up to the Lord on my knees to get me out of there. I had had enough and it wasn't the way I thought it was gonna look, but it was the way it had to be. It was it was tough love, right? He ensured it so that I wasn't able to come back to that house or uh, be with the man that I was in love with in that toxic relationship.
0: That song, There Is a Fountain, always speaks to me personally. Maria, on that rock with all that water just gushing around her, it's like God's redeeming love. It just keeps gushing and gushing and never gives up, just as it didn't give up in your life, Amber. And uh, God didn't give up on you. No matter how bad it got, he was always there for you. Mm
1: -hmm. You got down on your knees and just pleaded with God and cried out to Him saying, I surrender all. So tell us how God answered your prayer.
2: Well I was uh, officially out of my house. Uh, I didn't have anything with me, no clothing. I had grabbed my dogs and their leashes and food um, sat down on the curb and didn't know where I was gonna go. And this lovely couple came, asked me if I needed a ride. Uh, I had heard of a program that the SPCA had where they would take care of your dogs uh, for women when you're uh, in a transition like this. So uh, they gave me a ride to the SPCA. I dropped off my dogs. And then I was officially homeless with nothing and on the streets. Uh, I ended up being on the streets for uh, three to four months. And I had a family friend that had invited me to Uh, go stay in his camper. He said there was no uh, power or water and it was way out in the boonies. And I didn't know him very well so I declined his first offer. Uh, But then the SBCA SBCA said that uh, the time was up and I had to take my dogs. So they gave my dogs back to me. I was on the streets with my dogs for a while which was tremendously hard. And That's when I officially hit rock bottom. I was okay on the streets by myself but It was way too hard with two big dogs. And uh, so I gave my friend Bill a call and I said, I'll take you up on that offer about that camper. So he came and picked me up. We had a warm pizza and off we went. So he gave me a job and a place to live. And I was able to start my road to recovery.
0: And then after that, you ended up getting a friend, Carrie, who. Uh, offered you a place to stay.
2: Yeah, I had um, I had left Bill's house and I had the two dogs. Uh, it was time for me to move, get my own place. And I walked down the road and a lady had passed me and then she passed me again on her way back and she thought, I better check on this lady. Uh, it was dark and I had been walking for hours and I was singing this little light of mine, the top of my lungs. <laughs> and I had uh, the dogs were each on a leash around me and my back was getting sore because I had the leash wrapped around me and I ended up coming across a pillow in the ditch and I thought, how perfect is that? I tucked this little pillow behind my back so that these leads weren't pulling on me and she said, I have a place uh, you can stay. Uh, she brought me there. I spent the night, when I got up in the morning, she had given me $65, a loaf of banana bread and she had brought some water for me. So, yeah.
0: So now you're off the streets and we've come to the end of this episode. You're gonna to have to come back next week, Amber, and tell us the rest of your story. It is at this stage, I mean, a big thing for you really was your dogs. If it weren't for your dogs, where would you be?
2: Absolutely, I had, I had started using needles. I mean, I was doing letting whoever I could find put the needle in my neck and I was up to a $40 dose of meth Looking forward to a fifty-dollar dose of math. So, uh, my dogs changed it all around. Mm.
0: So you you would have died on the streets, absolutely, if it weren't for your dogs. So God sent you uh, a lifeline.
2: Through them. And little did I know that I had a whole church behind me praying, you know, because of my mother. So we're
1: looking forward to meeting up with you next week again but before we go I wonder if you could please pray for us Amber.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and listening to my story. I hope that I may be an inspiration to even one person uh, to show them that God has a better way and a path for you and a purpose for you so much more than where you are now. So just open your hearts to him, open your hearts to this story. And thank you so much for everything you do and all the blessings, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Amen.
0: And thank you, Amber. We will see you again next week.
2: (laughs) Sounds good.
0: Friends, freedom of choice is one of the most precious gifts God has entrusted to us. Unfortunately, we often make poor choices, which may lead to destructive habits that enslave us, damage our health, and even ruin our lives.
1: Friends, our free offer for you is the special Steps to Christ Recovery Edition. This powerful book includes a 12-step recovery program, empowering you to overcome harmful habits and addictions. Above all, you will come to know Jesus Christ, the only one who can heal and restore, strengthen and encourage, as well as bring true balance and meaning to your life.
0: Before we go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our spiritual messages entitled Daily Living and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life.
1: We want you to experience the truth found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca. Or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the Videos tab.